the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist and schedule your vaccination. Visit community.ca. 100% protection cannot be guaranteed. Listen on the go through your Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. We are News Talk 1010, Toronto. It's News Talk tonight on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Here's your host, Jim Richards. I was talking to my mom on FaceTime. He was panning the landscape and I saw like outdoor cafes and street markets and it looked like a really idyllic place. As I was talking to her, this armed military officer approaches me and he points at me and he tells me to come to his side of the road. Then I just hear, I'm talking to my mom. And then the line goes quiet. That is a little piece of the W5 documentary called Searching for Sam, put together by Rick Westhead from TSN. He's their investigative reporter, and he joins us right now. I can't imagine being on a phone call with my mom. Mom's worry, Rick. We all know that. And then the phone call, essentially FaceTiming, I guess, just kind of like is interrupted and you don't know what happened. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the, one of the things that we leaned into with this story was the chance to tell the story of where Sam Goodwin went, not just through his eyes, but also through the lens of his family back in North America, you know, wondering in the hours and days and weeks after, um, you know, they last heard from him, if he was alive and who they could call, you know, Sam's family told me that uh, they got so desperate, you know, to try to do something after this is when they finally figured out that he'd been um, taken and was in a Syrian prison, that they contemplated uh, remortgaging their house in St. Louis and hiring a team of mercenaries, like something out of a Hollywood movie, to go in and try to extract Sam from that prison. Um, so they were literally, I guess, as many families would, wanting to go to the to any extreme to try to get him back. He's got a very interesting story. He mentioned St. Louis, big hockey fan. That's the town that he grew up in. This is two days before the Stanley Cup, game one of the Stanley Cup final. Can you tell us a little bit about who Sam Goodwin is? Yeah, Sam uh, grew up in Michigan, moved to St. Louis with his family, and was an exceptional hockey player, great minor hockey player with uh, um, you know very, very good skating skills. Got a scholarship and played at Niagara University in New York and did really well there too. And his dream of playing in the National Hockey League kind of died because he had had so many concussions. So he wound up you know, going into the workforce and living in Singapore for a period of time, traveled around that region and really fell in love with traveling. And at one point realized that he'd been to more than half of the sovereign nations, half of the countries in the world. So he started a quest to visit everywhere. He started with the easier countries and graduated to the little more difficult ones, places like Somalia and Afghanistan and North Korea, where he went to, to coach and teach hockey. And he was down to only a few more countries to visit when he decided to go into Syria. And one of the other parts of the story that I, I really like is the tension 
that existed with his, within his own family about this. You know, we we now live in a time when some people unfortunately uh, value themselves and others by how many followers they have on social media mm-hmm. and on how many likes they have for posts. And Sam's own brother, uh, a professional hockey player in Europe, thought that this you know venture of going to places like Syria kind of amounted to wanting to go to get a nice Instagram picture and that it wasn't worth the personal risk to Sam and the worry to his family and uh, was really open about that. So it, it it also kind of, you know, Sam's perspective, being in the prison and how would you react and what would you do to pass the time? And yeah. I, I, I kind of like as well the how we were able to talk a little bit about the power of sports because, you know, I've heard so many times people talk about how beneficial it is to play sports and the life lessons that you pick up. And Sam really talked about that, how in his mind, he really did learn a lot of those life lessons playing hockey without even realizing he was learning them. Lessons uh, about resilience and mental toughness that he says really paid off for him when he was later, you know, in a Syrian prison. Very interesting. Again, Searching for Sam is a W5 special. It's on tonight at 10 o'clock. I'm wondering if you could take us to Syria. This is just 2019, and this is a place that doesn't get a lot of tourists. So somebody speaking English on a phone, people overhearing that, it's going to raise some red flags. For sure. And, you know, Sam went in uh, sort of in the in the same way journalists go into places like this. You know, I've done reporting in Afghanistan and in countries that are, you know, very dangerous like that. And you typically would connect with the fixer. Uh, that's the industry expression for a local journalist who can help you get a little bit of the lay of the land. Where are you going to stay? What's the, you know, basically help you with your trip planning. And Sam did that. He hired, he had had somebody locally within Syria and thought that he'd been kind of mitigating the risk as best that he could. Um, but sometimes, you know, preparation isn't enough. Mm-hmm. especially in a place like Syria, a country where, you know, North America and like, the United States and Canada don't have diplomatic relations. In, in 2013, a journalist named Austin Tice actually uh, went missing in Syria, was kidnapped and is incarcerated there still, has been there for 11 years now. Wow. And, uh, you know, we don't hear as much about, about him now because that time is so, so much time has passed. But it is a place where Westerners have gone you know, repeatedly in the past and uh, not come back from for a long time. What was like life like for him in prison? It was a daily, a daily routine of um, being questioned, uh, being threatened with being sold to ISIS, being threatened with being killed. Um, wondering about that, if it was going to happen, hearing the other prisoners in this in this um, place being tortured. And then when he finally was released after a month out of solitary confinement and transferred to another prison, trying to figure out how to stay alive yeah. in a population where he was a Westerner. And he, you know, it's interesting. One of the things Sam said is the, the prisoners were actually amazing with him. He He wound up teaching English in exchange for a little bit of money from the other prisoners, which he used to actually buy food 
while in prison. Yeah. So it, it is really amazing, the human spirit, because he, Sam did talk repeatedly about how, you know, there's more good people in the world than not, which I also believe, and how, you know, he remembers this period of his life for the people who actually still helped him, both those outside of Syria who are trying to help him, and those even in the prison in Syria to and, help him to survive day by day. And how did he get out when this Austin fellow that you told us about is still held? That, that's a great question. Um, Sam's parents were told immediately, the only way you are going to get out is if you can find somebody who has influence over the president of Syria, Bashar al-Assad. Imagine how daunting that must have seemed to an ordinary family in the Midwest. Mm. And again, time passed, and it was just through a complete stroke of luck and a family connection that finally came through that that was able to happen. Wow. What a story. Uh, Rick, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Searching for Sam tonight on W5. In about 45 minutes' time, if you're listening live to this, if you're listening to the podcast, you can find it by Googling W5, searching for Sam. Quite the story. All right, coming up in a matter of moments, we're going to find out what the new and most exciting podcasts are. There's uh, a, a good blend of podcasts here. Then... Before we get out of here, apparently a new dating trend. There's a couple of new interesting dating trends. One is they say because of the economy, people are more willing to date out of their age range, meaning men would date younger and older and women would do the same. That's coming up here on the iHeartTalk Radio Network. News Talk Tonight is on with your host, Jim Richards on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Uh, The latest dating trend, folks, Uh, something, uh, well, Bumble, Bumble must know what's going on, and they have some numbers that say, because of the economy, that people are looking to date outside of their age range, meaning, and it's for men and women, by the way. I know Tony is getting really excited about opportunities, but because of the economy, that somebody would be normally like, well... I guess I would go for that older woman because she's, you know, got a house that's paid for. Um, And uh, she's very attractive as well. What was your comment, Tony? You seem like you're eager to chime in. No, I was just thinking, uh, yeah, I I don't know how much older I could go from me. You know, you wouldn't date up. I I would date up, but I just I don't know how much older. I would, uh, I would, you know, I mean, when so I was you, younger, when I was younger, <laughs> dating somebody 10 or 15 years older was, yep. you know, but. All right. I'm glad you chimed in to tell all of Canada. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> anything else or do you do, do you, do you want to date older? Do we want to open up the phone lines right now? Who wants to date Tony? No, we don't want to open up the phone lines for that. Oh, we don't. Okay. What about you, Noah? Do you want to open up the phone lines for who wants to date Noah? I thought you were going to say who wants to date Tony. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, uh, if Tony doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to force him to do it. So let's instead have Imran give out a uh, prize. He'll fly people down to Los Angeles 
for a chance to date the founder, the owner of Great Pods. Imran joins us right now, AKA Captain Ron. How are things going oh, in California? How oh is your dating God. life? Are you seeing- Hey, hey potty people. No, I, I'm not. Uh, we can we can definitely open that up. Uh, but there's so much to unpack in those last two minutes that was going on. Yep. Uh, first of all, I don't have the money to to pay people to fly in. Okay, uh, that's but too bad. If people can volunteer it. We can be like, hey, volunteer to come down to LA, and then I will take them out. That's a different story. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested in this Bumble thing that went in the next segment to, to find out what the LA uh, LA scene would be like, uh, or deep dive into that. Well, um, uh, but, hold yeah. on, and we'll uh, try to have some answers yeah. for you. Okay, but well, I will say this: I am in I'm in New York right now, so uh, oh, you are. I'm in. I'm yeah. It's uh, nine twenty, uh, just like you guys. I'm with you guys. You know time zones in New York, so yeah. that, that's interesting. <laughs> is that where family is for you, Imran? Because if people um, don't remember, yeah. it is the Thanksgiving weekend south of the border yeah uh this is where my brother lives with his wife so we all flew out the la family flew out and it is very very cold 30 degrees fahrenheit yeah and i see flurries outside the window so i am very bundled up bundled up right now 30 so, degrees yeah. what is that celsius because you know we use the celsius thing i think that's around zero 32 is the equivalent of zero Celsius. So it's in and around there. And that's, that is cold. I mean, I was walking around today and I uh, was like, okay, this is uh, officially cold. It has turned, yeah. it has turned the corner. So, okay, well, I'm glad. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and all of your family and to all of our American friends listening wherever they are. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Right back at you. Did you know, uh, and I didn't yeah. even know this. So, cause I was just trying to create some madness on the text board yesterday by referring to uh, Thanksgiving down in the States as the real Thanksgiving, because of course we have a different Thanksgiving up here is ours is within the first two weeks of October. And I didn't know this yesterday when I had a Canadian historian on and I, I said, how offended are you if I call Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, the real Thanksgiving because I just think you guys, it's a bigger thing. It's a four day weekend, it's not a three day weekend. And I'm guessing a lot of people blow off the entire week or at least mail it in on Wednesday in order to get the hell out of town. Anyway, what I learned yesterday when I was just trying to, well, I do, I, I have a fear of missing out on American Thanksgiving, but here's what I did not know. We were doing Thanksgiving in Canada, 75 years before America. I did not, I did not know that. And I was going to ask you, that's, that's quite interesting and uh, amazing. And for me to Wikipedia, that stuff as well, yep. get, get educated, but I would love to know, is it based around the same? It's based I, around the, the harvest idea, the when idea. the harvest yeah. comes in. And that's what it is in Canada when we have, you know, the full bounty of the harvest. We're running out of time because we're talking oh. about great stuff, food and everything. Uh, what is the first podcast? Uh, first up, we got, uh, well, do you, do you know about the trend um, of uh, that, that happened on social media a couple of weeks ago where it's how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Yeah. You know about that trend? Well, this one, this podcast popped up around the same time. It had nothing to do with it, but perfect timing. It's called, from the BBC, it's called Being Roman. What does it mean to be Roman? To find out, you need to look beyond the massed legions and the straight roads. Scattered clues and new discoveries 
allow us to piece together the lives of real people who lived and died under the power of the Roman Empire. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary Beard is a um, best-selling historian, author uh, from like a decade ago. And she's been working on, she knows the Romans ins and outs with her friends uh, that are also uh, educators and historians. They recreate uh, a lot of the, the story. They do, they do storytell, but along with that storytelling, they recreate some of the, the voice acting that goes along with these letters. And it's, it's actually quite interesting that th- now that I think about the Roman Empire, because I never did before. I didn't either. Uh, to, to listen to this uh, as well, like Marcus Aurelius's uh, letters, um, which can be borderline flirtatious with some of his uh, friends as well. Those are just kind of educational and kind of fun to listen to. Uh, type of podcast. Uh, so yeah, that's Being Roman, a history podcast. Pretty good. What's next, the next podcast? Next up uh, for the holiday season and for the kids and family, this is Tis the Grinch Holiday Talk Show. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Hi, it's me, the Grand Poobah of Bah Humbug, the OG Green Grump, the Grinch. Remember a few years back, my little dust up down in Whoville, that tiny, microscopic misunderstanding where the whole town accused me of allegedly trying to steal Christmas? Well, for the record, I didn't steal anything. I was going to return all those presents. But the town had it in for me, and my punishment? Get this. I am now court-ordered to host my very own late-night talk show. I love this idea. Do they have rights from the Dr. Zeus uh, people? Yeah, so Wondery, uh, Wondery is a big podcast company. Uh, they had recently, earlier this year, had signed a deal with the Dr. Seuss, uh, um, how do you say, estate, estate yeah. to create, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, probably a month ago, I had, I believe I recommended on the show The Cat in the Hat. Yep. That was also done by Wondery, and so hot off the heels off of that is the Grinch Holiday Talk Show. And it's a fun family uh, show. They have a bunch of stars on there. And uh, somewhat sometimes sarcastic, but actually the Grinch isn't so Grinchy, in my opinion. Uh, he's kind of actually kind of nice to the guests for the most part. But other, other than that, he has some SNL alum friends. That Now, the actor who plays the Grinch, he is an SNL actor. Um, his name is James Austin Johnson. You might have seen him playing Biden and Trump okay. uh, on SNL. But yeah, it's a, it's a good family uh, podcast. So, you know, a couple episodes already out. So if you're on a road trip and want to put on something safe for the kids. This is one of them. Okay. We've got about a minute and a half to do the last one. What is it? This one is uh, hot off the heels. I listened to your show on Wednesday and you guys had a person on to talk about Sam Altman in the open AI yeah. drama. So this one is on with Kara Swisher. In a world where people don't answer questions, one woman is out here calling. Not true. Well, I, I don't know the specifics of the... No, don't do the... I don't know the specifics. You don't know the specifics. It's on, I'm telling you, it's untrue. Rolling Stone says she's Silicon Valley's chief disruptor. A lot of the people I interview are very powerful, and they should be asked difficult questions. Smart people like difficult questions. The Atlantic describes her style as... Cool. Okay, on with okay. Kara Swisher. Yeah. Sorry, I've got about so, uh, 30 seconds. Go ahead. Okay, so specifically on Monday, right after this open eye debacle was happening, the drama, the soap opera that was popping off, uh, Monday she had CEO of Microsoft, uh, Satya Nandela. She hammers him with questions, and he answers them. Wow. And uh, yeah, so she's really good at like really being 
straightforward on this questioning and going after it. So on with Kara Swisher. Yeah. There you go. Thank you very much. Enjoy your time in New York. Great pods at great pods on all social media. Get the newsletter, though. Greatpods.co. Imran, Captain Ron, always a pleasure. Welcome back to News Talk Tonight with Jim Richards on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. What brings you by? I was wondering if you two were coming to the Green Pine Grove Town Square Christmas Eve Festival of Lights Christmas Tree Decorating Contest Finalist Gala tonight. Hey, I just wanted to know if you were coming to the Twinkle Twinkle Jingle Jangle Merry Christmas Snowflake Winter Pinecone Fuzzy Mitten Decorating Dance Dance Revolution Hash Slinging Mash Flinging Crash Thinging Cook-Off Socking Stuff for Naughty Santa Wet T-Shirt Contest Charity Fundraiser for Orphans and Single Tax Evaders Pre-Diabetic Sweet Ugly Sweater Eggnog Sipping Soiree Tonight? Dating and Relationship Expert Jen Kirsch is with us on a Friday night. Uh, Jen, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, of course. Uh, that was a bit of the uh, TikTok parody on uh, Hallmark <laughs> movies. And I think, I, I seem to remember you wrote an article in the Toronto Star about your love for Hallmark movies. <laughs> and see, I, I'm i indifferent to them. I do love the formula of them, though, because I think I, I hate, during the writer's strike, I was talking to this writer and I was like asking her what she uh, writes and she writes Hallmark movies. And... Of course, I uh, I thought it was the easiest kind of writing that you could do. But why are you so in love with them? I love it because you know what to expect. It's easy watching. I feel like during the holiday season, so it's like we see all these Hallmark movies from November through to January because there's also New Year's Hallmark movies. And you know, you know what to expect. This is a hard time for a lot of people, whether you're single, whether you're newly widowed, whether you've lost someone. The holidays are a nostalgic time and they're a time of reflection. And I think these movies are cozy. They're simple. They don't ask much of you as a viewer. You know what to expect. There's a happy ending. It's just a different character playing the lead. And you're either at a baking place or, you know, you're in a snowstorm or whatever it may be. And I like the expected. But I also think because they're so predictable, that's also why they get so much flack. It's usually that woman would never under normal circumstances see that dude as a partner, right? Right. Um, so what is there, what is that about relationships? Is that, is that something that's true? Or do you think that, uh, I don't like, is there something more there? I think it's just something hopeful. Um, I think that it's like, it's, I think the underlying message is be open to the unexpected. We like to pretend we have a lot of control in our life and over situations. And that's why we often get so flustered with in-laws with friends exes etc because we can't control other people i think in this environment when someone's falling for the unexpected character the kind of class clown the goofy person we realize love is just love at the end of the day and it's kind of what's on the inside that counts and if you have a genuine connection so be it so i like as a romantic and as an optimist I love about kind of like basking in these sort of shows and these ideas of romance. I'm not saying you should prescribe to it and expect that in your everyday life, but it is a nice it's an escape. escape. It's not hurting anyone. Like, let's stop you're hating right. people for watching but, that. But so you, you're you down with, do you agree with the criticism that they are, if the criticism is that they're predictable 
and yeah. uh, you know where it's going to end, but you still invested 90 minutes or the two hours. You're, you're like, yes and yes. Yes and yes. It's simplistic. You know what? It's cheesy. It's over the top. It's kitschy. But if that's what's getting you in the spirit, if that's what's getting you by, take it up. I'll tell you, Jim, when I wrote this article for The Star on my love for cheesy, and cheesy was in the headlines, uh, Hallmark Movies, I have never in all my years of being a columnist gotten more fan mail. And I was so surprised it wasn't with just women of a certain yeah. age. It was people of all ages and men saying how this got them through, you know, after their partner died or when their partner was sick and, you know, going through treatments and stuff like this. This is the one thing that just kind of gave them a hope that just distracted their mind a bit and then they could get back to everything else in their life. I wonder if there's like a Rotten Tomatoes for Hallmark movies, which would be like, I give it four to five cats. <laughs> no? Okay. I'm yeah, glad four, you laughed. Four to five, like, yarn. Yeah. Like, parts of yarn. Yeah, I got you. I, okay. I'm here with you. All yeah. right. I thought, I'm, I'm just glad you didn't get mad at that. Yeah, uh, no, there's no, you a... get 90 minutes of peace in me. So throw it on the TV. Like, light your seasonal candle. Have a gingerbread man. Do your thing. And then, like, let's not talk about it if we don't want to also. I love it. Bumble yeah. is predicting a surge in cross-generational dating in 2024. I thought that meant the typical older dude, younger woman, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And they're saying economic circumstances are having people look for love in places that they might not normally look because of the economy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Bumble always released these stats and dating trends. So, yeah, they're saying in dating trends in 2024, um, a rise in this cross-generational relationship. And you know what? I love this. I mean, we used to criticize people for being, you know, five years, 15 years apart. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, we could still give him all the slack for dating women under 25 as he keeps getting older. But if you have a connection with someone, you have a connection with someone. So this study of that or this thing that Bumble put out, they also said that 59% of single women say they're now more open to dating someone younger than them. And that's what I found interesting here, Jim, because, you know, there was always this stigma. Why are you dating younger? Um, and I think that this is really cool. Love is love. If you yeah. fall for someone and you have a connection, why should the age matter? As long as it's appropriate. Like if you're a 40 year old guy, you don't need to be like hooking up with a 21 year old girl that you meet at the bar. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, if you're going to have a real connection with someone, go age appropriate someone. And I'm not, I'm not hit, hating on 21 year old girls. I just think twenties as I know, and I've been through, or the year you you grow the most. You know, you're still sort of a teenager. You're learning how to be on your own and be independent. So I think that we go through things at different ages in life. So age shouldn't matter, but just be aware of what the person's looking for. So like you said, economic stuff, you know, if you there's those typical things. You have a much younger woman and a much older man. And hey, the older man happens to be quite moneyed and single. And oh my God, and you get some purses and yep. all these dinners and you're being blown out on a private jet, you know, that's where you could kind of roll your eyes and that's where it's transactional. Yeah. But I'm all for dating outside of the quote unquote typical age bracket. Yeah, if you're a guy that's like 51 or a woman that's 51 and you're dating somebody who's 37, whether it's opposite sex, same sex, uh, people perhaps would have looked at it a certain way back in the day, but now not so much. 
Right. And we also have, like, keep in mind, there's also the with with women's rights changing and the feminist movements and all of this. And women are making money close to men where they could support themselves. So I think we're also seeing a lot of people aren't settling and they're able to remove themselves from situations and toxic relationships where the balance of power isn't equal. So, you know, if there is someone younger and there's someone older, I see what Bumble's saying and I see why a lot of their users are more open-minded. I think post-pandemic, we want connection. We want to feel seen and heard. We're open about talking about mental health. We've all been through the ringer. And so we're open to people that are struggling. It's as long as they're open to sharing their struggles with us and letting us in so we could help them and not keeping things aside. I mean, that's always the worst thing in a relationship, that lack of communication. If you find someone that you could communicate with and hold space for each other from a place of love and kindness, what more could you ask for in a partner? Love yeah, it. Jen, it have a great weekend. Thank you very much yeah. for your time. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Wow, it really sounded like I was in a hurry to cut her off. I was not. I was telling Jen earlier this week that Tony, who is the producer of this broadcast, he kept on saying, you know what? Jen Kirsch is great. We should get some time with Jen Kirsch. And I was like, nah, I don't know. I want to talk about relationships because I didn't think that I wanted to talk about relationships until I talked about relationships and dating with Jen Kirsch. I didn't think it was interesting. I find it interesting. I think people do as well. Or we could uh, bash you over the head with... uh, Trudeau and Pierre Polyev for four hours, if that's what you would like. But those sort of conversations that cross into news, like we just talked about, I I think it's interesting given the economy that people are, you know, dating outside of the age group that they might maybe men looking for older women uh, or maybe women looking for younger men, things that you don't necessarily see. Tony, you wanted to do a victory lap on you being right about Jen Kirsch and me being wrong? I was going to say, so Jim, you're saying I was right. I'm saying you were right. This is such a great relationship. Okay, it is. It's going really well. (laughs) Amber Dowling is here in a couple of seconds. This is where we get into our entertainment corner here. Richard Krause on what's playing in the movies and what is on your favorite streamer is next with Amber Dowling. This is News Talk Tonight with Jim Richards on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Ah, Friday means we get you set up for the weekend with Richard Krause here in about 15 minutes' time to what is in the theaters. But first, it's uh, how I'm going to be vegging out all weekend long with Amber Dowling, who is a fantastic television critic, and she joins us every week to tell us what is coming up on your favorite streamers. How you doing, Amber? Hey, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, You know, I think for me, when I say I I like the fact every week Amber says what she wants to tell tell us about, she sends me a message and in brackets is the streaming service it's on. And I know that a lot of people right now, Amber, because times are tough, uh, uh, the affordability crisis. And so I'm always looking at the uh, when you when you send these messages, I'm always looking at what streaming service it's on, because I think to myself, which one could I cut if I wanted to? And 
Paramount Plus is the one that the first one we're going to talk about is from. And I'm like, nope, too many good things on Paramount Plus, not cutting Paramount Plus. First, do you have, uh, do you need to have all the streaming services or do you get like sent uh, copies to watch or do you get, do you, do you, because of your job, do you get free su- subscriptions? What is the, what is the deal there? It's a mix of all the good things. Sometimes I'll get screeners. Sometimes I will get access for a certain period of time. And I do pay out of pocket for things as well. And I need to see it all because Mm. if there's a show that I want to talk about, I need access to it. So, yeah, we have um, quite the bill over at our house. Do you always get asked by friends who know what you do, hey, which one is the one to cut? I have been asked that, and the thing that I always say is that if you need to kind of look at your finances, you know, around the holidays or whatever, just rotate. Rotate through, like, take Mm. advantage of the free trials, watch stuff that you want to watch on one streaming service, then cut it off for a while, go to another one, and just, you know, like, rotate. All right. Let's start off. Paramount Plus, Good Burger 2. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Buckle up! The new adventures of Ed and Dex starts now! Oh! Oh! Oh. Sorry. Uh, The new adventures of Ed and Dex starts now! Good Burger 2. So this is the film like 25 years ago, 26 years ago, starring Cal Mitchell and Keenan Thompson. Uh, Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Um, not the greatest movie. I don't know if we needed a sequel, but here it is in all its glory on Paramount Plus this weekend. I don't think it came to theaters, so this is where you're going to check it out exclusively. Um, and actually, if you've never seen the first movie, that also uh, releases this weekend on Paramount Plus. So you can do a double feature at home. Tony, have you ever um, heard of Good, Good Burger? Uh, yes or no? Maybe if I saw the poster, and the, I, I can't. I can't remember it. Like... Uh... I guess we're getting at that point where we have sequels for things that people didn't even know that they saw. Like, who's waiting for the sequel to Good Burger 2? Maybe it's just not my thing. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I bet you if you saw the poster, you would kind of recognize it. It's just as goofy. The second movie is just as goofy as the first one, if not goofier. Tons of really fun cameos. Pete Davidson's in it. Mark Cuban. You know, it's got, like, nods to AI taking over these guys' jobs. Like, what won't AI take over? fast food joints are coming for you so it's just a fun little comedy if you're looking for something different sounds good all right apple tv plus hannah waddington home for christmas merry christmas everybody welcome to my festive extravaganza let's get on with the show I love Hannah Waddington, I, Waddingham, and I think a lot of people are also like getting on her train now ever since Ted Lasso. Um, she plays Rebecca, who owns the football club. Um, this is her holiday special. Oh, she's so great. Yeah. She's, she's amazing, and she's, she's so talented. Like She's a really good singer. She's a performer, a dancer, so she gets to put all of those talents on the line for this. Um, and of course, there's going to be some Ted Lasso appearances. But there's also um, Leslie Odin Jr. makes an appearance, Luke Evans, Sam Ryder. Um, it's just, it's one of those good old-fashioned Christmas specials on a streaming service, lots of glitter. Cool. Nate from Ted Lasso, I think, flies around on a string and throws, like, snow. Oh, really? Just, if you want to get in the holiday spirit, this is the way to go. Man, what a feel-good show that was. And that can't be anything but fun because, yeah, she's super talented. I remember the first time she sang on Ted Lasso and I was like, who the hell is this lady? And I forgot that she was the shame. 
Shame. Shame. Lady from uh, Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Totally different role for her. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why would she even be in Game of Thrones now knowing how talented she is? It seemed like such a small part. But anyway, uh, Squid Game, the challenge is on Netflix. Attention all players. It is now time for the next game. Please enter the game hall immediately. What is this? Damn. Oh my god. Let the game begin. Yes, and I I hate how obsessed I am with this, but um, for anybody who watched Squid Game, we know that this was a drama from Korea that uh, was really big on Netflix for a period of time. Um, it was 456 players entered an arena and for a chance to win $4.56 million. Um, these were all really desperate people in the show. And, of course, if they didn't win a challenge, they, they were killed. So now this is the reality show based on that premise. We're not killing off real people, but we're pretending to kill off real people on this show. Okay. Same challenges. They've recreated, like, the red light, green light, that, that big, massive, creepy doll they used um, they used printing technology to get her down pat. Like it is, it is almost exactly like the show, except people don't really die, and you start to kind of root for different people. The editing on the show is fascinating to me. Um, like if you go on the Netflix press site, they actually have 456 contestant photos up there right now. Um, so the first four episodes drop this week. You can follow them along. People get eliminated. Um, and then the next, and then I guess in a week, we're going to have four more episodes and then the finale will follow after that. So you can see the people competing for real life, do or death without actual death. All right. Sounds good. Far Away Downs is on Disney Plus. My husband was killed in a faraway land. This place is so barren. I can't understand what he would have seen out here. There she is. Far away down. Australia. This should be interesting. It's all very outback adventure, isn't it? I'm not saying it's for everyone. <laughs> Far Away Downs is, as Lerman, uh, basically pulling a Taylor Swift, I want to say. Um, this is his extended release of Australia, which I think he released in 2007 or 2008. Um, it stars Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman. This is a new trend, I think, where we look at old projects and we see how we can bring them back or how we can extend them. So this is what this guy did, this director. Um, he also directed Elvis with Tom Hanks um, and uh, Austin Butler. And so when Tom Hanks got COVID, they had to pause filming on Elvis. And that made Baz Luhrmann kind of go into his vault and look at some of his old projects. And that's how he conceptualized this. So this is six hours. It's not new footage, but it's unseen footage that extends the, the movie into six hours. Sounds like a good crop of stuff this week. Amber, have yourself a great weekend. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, you too. Amber Dowling, we look forward to her recommendations each and every week. I'm Jim Richards. This is the Friday version of News Talk Tonight. We get into the theaters. Does Richard Krause love these movies? Next on the iHeart Talk Radio Network.